Lectionary Lab Live is recorded by Two Bubbas and a Bible live from Gainesville, Florida and Brasstown, North Carolina. Welcome, everybody, to the Lectionary Lab Live. I'm John Bayless. I'm here with my Bubba, Delmer Chilton. Say hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Hey, man. Good to get up with you today. We are going to talk some texts and move ahead for the fourth Sunday in Lent. These are the texts for March the 19th, 2023. Thank you all for bearing with us. We're in the a uh, mobile recording studio once again. I am here in Woodstock, New York, waiting for a nor'easter to blow in and uh, get between one and two feet of snow tonight. So <laughs> Delmer's got lots of preparations going on in his household. So we're trying to grab it while we can, Bubba. I appreciate yeah. the work. Some, somebody asked me how I was doing, and I said, just normal old people stuff. My wife's got some surgery to do the next yep. while so yep. it's going to be fun yeah we're good no. everything's fine nothing mm-hmm. well all surgery no surgery is minor but it's not a, well that's not a gigantic thing at this point yeah well uh earlier in the year you were the patient and uh <laughs> deborah helped with uh your recovery now the roles are going to swap and it is it's just always interesting and it? best wishes interesting. to you and uh yep. hope mrs chilton re- uh, recuperates and recovers uh in a timely fashion yeah. So do I, but <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. She's the patient as the caregiver. I'm not sure what a how patient I'm going to be. I'm going to do my very best. So. Yes, there you go. There you need go. patience. Well, let's yes. talk about some text today. Interesting. Uh, we've got the uh, sort of call or selection story uh, of David. Uh, a lot of a lot of emphasis on uh, what we see today, right, and again right. how we trust. And great gospel story, long reading, uh, longest yeah. one we have in length, I think, this year. Yeah. Uh, but the man who is born blind, but now he can see. So right. uh, I'm just going to let you rear back and have at it, and I'll jump in every once in a while. How about that? Well, like I say, it's a long gospel reading. Thankfully, the RCL committee uh, picked other lessons that are. Mercifully short, at least two of them. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the theme, as you said, is blindness and seeing. And mm-hmm. it uh, not only works in the gospel and in Samuel, but is also there to some extent in the psalm and Ephesians. In the gospel, the man born blind and can see, but people with good eyes can't see spiritually. And mm-hmm. um, Samuel, uh, the key verse 16, 7 um they look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. There you go. God's X-ray vision, as it there were. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 23, um, I'm going to say, um, I think it, I'm going to say more about it later, but I think it has to do, we all walk through the same life. The question is, do we see the Lord's presence mm. with us or not? Mm. Are we That's aware? And in it. Ephesians, um, you know, it, Verse 13, 513, everything that is exposed by the light is visible. Mm-hmm. And there's that question again of what are we able to see in Christ, the light of mm-hmm. Christ? What does it show us? So right. also right. Uh, another theme, and I think it's an important theme in Lent, is the, the issue of sin. 
yours, mine, and ours. Um, hmm. That first few verses of the uh, gospel lesson where it talks about whose sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind, brings up all kinds of issues that many people deal with. Yeah. About. What did I do to deserve this? Why am I suffering like this? What is going mm-hmm. on here? Mm-hmm. And uh, we can look at some of the answers, some things there that might be a piece of this long lesson you might want to pick out particularly now in Lynn and and think about how we deal with the issue of sin ours and other people's and how we deal with life not working out the way we hope right so i'd like to walk through john (laughs) a bit reminds me uh uh, go ahead yeah i was gonna say it kind of reminds me of uh just maybe calling the episode all in the family because uh, that's what it is, you know, seeing right. all in the family and life happens and uh, what are we going to do with it? There's wisdom to be found here. So, yeah, let's let's do it. So I'll, I'll show my uh, late night TV uh, tendencies, although I'm old. I watched Stephen Colbert on YouTube with my morning coffee. I see his <laughs> monologue about 730 in the morning. Sometimes Stephen Colbert gets to a punchline of a bit that was relatively long and you're wondering where he's going and he hits the punchline. And then after everybody's through laughing, he says, it was a long walk to get there, but it was worth it. There you go. It's a line he uses a lot. It was a long walk to get there, but it was worth it. Yeah. I think today's story is a long walk to get there, Mm -hmm. but we get to verse nine thirty eight. Lord, I believe, and I wor- and he worshipped him. And then verse 39 following, I came to this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see and those who do see may become blind. Yeah. The story is a long walk to get there, but you need to put those two verses, I think, in your mind as you yeah. go through this story. It uh, ruins the punchline, <laughs> but it helps yeah. you as a preacher know how to tell the story it is uh it is a helpful thing indeed to have an idea where you're headed uh yeah. before you take off on this sermon so uh yes thank you for that another thing to note is it's a long story but jesus is is interesting there are a lot of scenes here i I'm, i count six mm-hmm. and jesus is in the first and the last yeah and in between he's he's not around yeah and so what you've got set up, it's, it's like, um, you have different ways of turning this question. In the first seven verses, the, the first scene, you have the disciples help Jesus set it, it sets up. Here's a man born blind, probably outside the temple. It's where he spends his days begging and all yeah, of this. Yeah. And they see him and they, they ask a theoretical question. They don't really care very much about <laughs> this guy. They're asking a theological question. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, there's an interesting question. How did the man sin before he was born so he would be (laughs) born blind? Mm. Leave that one aside, him or his parents, with the assumption that somebody sinned for there to be blindness. Right, right. And, you know, Jesus, you know, responds to this, neither this man nor his parents sinned. And then he says he was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. There's vision again. Correct. Depends on how you look at him. So as it were. 
Yeah, and he says, I am the light of the world. There's that more right. seeing. And then you have the healing moment down through at verse 7. Go wash in the pool of Siam, put mud on his eyes, and then told him to go wash. He washed, and he mm-hmm. came back able to see. That's the first scene. Jesus disappears. Yep. Yeah. And next, you have the neighbors. And rather than like some other healing to glory, hallelujah, he can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, they said, <laughs> is this the one that used to sit in bed? Yeah. Uh, somebody like him. He said, I'm the man. <laughs> well, how did you get your eyes open? <laughs> well, this man, he tells the story. He just witnesses. Man put yeah. mud on my eyes and said, go to the wash. And I went and washed and I received my sight. They said, where is he? And he said, I don't know him. <laughs> you got yeah. this, this dialogue. Is, I, 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 th- this is like it came out of a really great uh, script writer's room, right? You yes. know, like for a great episode of a TV show or something. That this, All these scenes and this dialogue, it's like, it's, it's just hilarious. With and of the, course, it's all moving the story forward. But yeah, and, and with the ahead. right actors, it, you could. It, that's right. You got to see it as a sitcom. It's it, hilarious. It is. It, it's hilarious. Even though it's scripted, it is so funny because then they said, "Oh, well, we don't know about this." Yes, <laughs> it's, he's standing right in front. We could see. We're not so sure. Let's get the Pharisees in here. You know, the experts yeah. on the law. So yeah. you got the next scene. You got the Pharisees, thirteen through seventeen. The man who had formerly been Brian. Then he kicks in another little piece. It was a Sabbath day. Ah, oh, kick the tension oh, up. Took the tension up. They brought it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud. That's work. And put it, uh, and the man opened his eyes. And so the Pharisees asked, by this time, everybody's heard it. So how <laughs> they don't believe it. how did this happen again? He put mud on my eyes. Put then mud I on my- and now I see third time the story's been told. Yeah. Mm. yeah. This man, and they're talking about Jesus, not the blind man. This man is not from God. He doesn't observe the Sabbath. Because why? Because he healed someone on the Sabbath. But somebody else said, well, how can a man who's a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. Again, nobody cares that the blind man can now see. Yeah. They're not yeah. celebrating yeah. that. They're arguing to find points of philosophy. <laughs> Well, he's born. How can somebody who's a sinner heal somebody who's blind on the Sabbath? Well, but if he if he did it, it it he has to be from God. But not but he did it on the Sabbath. That means he's a sinner, and a sinner can't be from God. They're all hung up. What you really what you really want to hear in here is somebody working the lot. What I'm trying to find out is who's on first. That's (laughs) right. I mean, you know, it's almost that level. (laughs) <laughs> Almost that level. So they ask him again, what do you say about it? It was your eyes he opened. And the man said, okay, he's a prophet. So they said, hmm, the only answer we got to this is, you weren't born blind. This is a, you're faking it. The Jews did <laughs> not was... believe you had been blind, received in sight. That's got to be it. There's no other way around this. So they call the parents of the man who had received the sight. And they said to him, is this your son who was born blind? They apparently said, yeah. So they said, okay, well, how then does he now see? And the parents said, well, we know he's our son, and he was born blind. Yeah, we know that. But then he, they chickened out a little bit. We don't know how it is that he sees, or nor do we know who opened his eyes. 
And they said, he's an adult. Ask him. Leave us out of it. <laughs> Speak for himself. Get out so of here. Parents, yeah. parents are kind of, a, they're afraid. And then when it says the Jews here in John, it means the religious leader. All the characters are Jews, except they're Romans or Samaritans or something. But, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the leaders had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. And they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. That's excommunication. So they said, he's of age. Ask him. So we changed scenes again. They turned back to the man. Second time they called him in and said, give the glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner, this man being Jesus. So they're saying, enough of this story about the guy with the mud pads. Mm. You know, enough of this mud pies on the eyes. You know, just say yeah. God did it and I don't know how and we'll be fine. And he said, I don't know if he's a sinner. One thing I do know. Yeah. That though I was blind, now I see. And right yeah. there, that that is not our key necessarily for today, but I have to just say one yeah. of my absolute favorite moments in the gospel. Like you said, all this stuff is going on and on. And I, you know, I've been in church meetings and I've been in discussions and uh, council meetings and we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we could just remember, I mean, this guy just boils it down. Look, I, I don't know about all this stuff, but tell you what, I was blind and now I see. That's it. And that's and, it ties into yeah. what we were talking about last week with the, the Samaritan mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. You know, she went to the other Samaritans and she didn't explain who Jesus was. Yeah. She didn't have a, you know, a, a Roman road to salvation or any, mm. uh, underst- uh, second clause of the Nicene Creed long <laughs> definition of who Jesus was. She, he said, I don't know. I don't know if he's a sinner. I'll tell you what I know. Yeah. I love it. I was blind and now I see. And that's all we're asked to do is say, what happened to us? Yeah. And so they yep. said, well, well, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And the guy, you could just see him throw up his hands like, who's on first again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here I we are. I told you already. You wouldn't listen. You want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Now there's uh, a tweak. There's a little tweak right there. Y'all are so interested. Are y'all thinking about becoming uh, Jesusites? You know? <laughs> and they, then they reviled him. He knew that he was tired of this. And, and they said, you're his disciple. We're disciples of Moses. Then they say, talk a little about Moses, and we don't know where this man came from. And then the man, I just love it. He just, he's had it, and he's just yeah. telling truth. Yeah. Here's an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. <laughs> he said, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. Yeah. If this were not from God, he could do nothing. Now, a couple of things to un- unpack there a little bit. Mm-hmm. The line does not listen to sinners has been dangerously misused. It doesn't mean it doesn't listen to people who mess up because mm-hmm. we all mess up. <laughs> right. That's it. He said he does not listen to people who are praying inappropriately yeah. and asking mm-hmm. for, you know, asking for things without the, the requisite. God is not Humility. there. To, yeah, God is not there to jump uh, every time we say frog. You know, God yeah. God is not there to uh, be bandied about at our will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or as as one person said, he's not a divine 
min, a vending machine, and if you put the right quarter in, you get what you want. Right. In this right. case, right. uncrimped up dollar, you know, put a dollar in. <laughs> right. Inflation, you got to get that dollar to slide. Yeah. Ulysses yeah. is the one who worships him and obeys his will. Um, and so you go down through um, 33 here and 34 through 34, and they're done with it. You are born in sin. See, they're back to it where mm-hmm. we started. Yep. He's blind because he's born in sin, and you're trying to teach us, and they drove him out. So Jesus comes back. Yeah. Because Jesus heard about the unexpected consequences of his act of healing the man. Mm-hmm. I have to believe uh, that Jesus did not expect this guy uh, to get run around like this because he gave him his sight. Yeah, I was going to say unexpected. If everybody could see you, you have your tongue planted firmly in your cheek when you say yeah. that. That's uh, yeah. and again, that's the way the story is set up. Jesus does this and then kind of leaves the scene. To just yeah. let it work its way out. Yeah. And what a fine mess uh, these folks have made. Now he, he, we come back and, okay, Jesus. He hasn't abandoned back. him. He, he heard they had no. driven him out and he found him and said, and he said, he didn't say, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. He says, do you believe in the son of man? Hmm. You've been healed. You've been consistent. And it hasn't turned, you know, you had a nice living begging. Now you see and people have turned on you. And it's been difficult. Even your parents sort of turned their backs on you. You've been driven out of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Do you believe I'm the son of man? Has it been worth it? And he answered, he said, he didn't say, do you believe I'm the son of man? He said, yeah. do you believe in the he son of him. man? Mm-hmm. Well, who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Yeah. Jesus said, you've seen him. And the one you're speaking to is he. And then we get to that long walk. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. That's where we've been heading. Where we've been heading. Yeah. And then the verse 39, you got that great reversal that, that, that John's been, Johannine great reversals. Uh, those, <laughs> excuse me, a game that people that don't see can see, mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. who do see may become blind. And he's playing with two mm-hmm. different forms of vision. And some of the Pharisees nearby heard him said, surely we're not blind, are we? He said, well, I don't know. If you were, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, uh, your sin remains. That is, they're, they're saying we got it. We, we know we got all, we got it together. Got no excuse. Yep. Uh, again, wonderfully written and constructed story. I like that it is a little bit different with Jesus appearing, then stepping out, then coming back to wrap it up. Um, the, the, um, the man's faith or recognition, if you will, of Jesus is very similar to the woman at the well because yeah. she also said, tell me who has this living water and I'll right. believe. And, Jesus has to say, well, it's the one with whom you're speaking. Now, similarly, this guy, well, yeah, hey, you're talking to him. Uh, yep. so, uh, there, people come, quote, come to Jesus, end of quote, in all sorts of ways. That's what I love about reading these gospel stories. There's just not a way to come to Jesus, to see Jesus, to understand who Jesus is to you. 
but the simplicity of the moment when it happened. Yeah, yeah. I believe one of the one is, of the ties right. ties for mm-hmm. me to what's going on in Samuel has to do with this whole question of people seeing what Jesus did, but they still can't see who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they're having trouble seeing him as the Messiah. Even though, and they can't put it all together just by looking at him. And I think about over here with Samuel, I'm sort of sliding into the yep. supporting text when, um, they, they go looking for a, um, a new Samuel's going to go look for a new king. And you end up with that line, uh, do not look on the appearance or the height of his stature. The Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And how do you have your eyes open uh, to see? Even Samuel had trouble until the Lord revealed, and that's one of well, the yeah. one of the key issues is that who is the king, who is the Messiah, is God's choice, not ours. Right. And uh, you know, I, he says, "I have uh, I have provided for myself a king among his sons." Verse one. And then the other part is, is that person is the one who receives the spirit of the Lord came mightily. The Lord is the one who fills the one who yes. is chosen with the gifts yes. needed. Right. And, um, most of this story is just fun, you know. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the way in which I, I love the fact that, that there's kind of a God pulls a ruse, a ruse here. <laughs> can I go up? Saul hears of it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. It's kind of mm. subterfuge there. But then, I mean, he makes it honest by actually doing the sacrifice and well, yeah, sort of thing. But still, it's in response. It's kind of a acute, to me, kind of mm-hmm. edge to the story. Is God saying, yeah, I know it's kind of dangerous. We're going against the sitting king. And uh, if he found out you were doing this, so yeah, I'll provide a safety net for you. Yeah, take yeah. the heifer and do the sacrifice, and so they they do all of this, and he's obviously looking on him the way he would, looking for a tall, strong, powerful. There you king. go. And it comes down to the little shepherd boy. Don't you have any others <laughs> down to eleven? Well, uh, you know, he's the youngest, but he's keeping the sheep. He said, well, then for him, I've got to look at all of them. I, yeah, I'm 0 for 7 here. We've got to do, i got to go away yeah. with something. Come on now. And here it is. I, I was thinking about, remember, Britain's Got Talent, and I know they set these things up and probably mm-hmm. uh, made Susan Boyle look oh, initially worse than famous. she really was. But nonetheless... Yeah, you know, she comes out and people are almost laughing. Who's his grandmother going to come out and, and frumpy sing, looking? Yeah, and sing opera, and then all of a sudden it comes rolling out of her mouth, incredible mm-hmm. voice. And this is a kind of, and that's a image you might use. Most people are familiar with something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is kind of what happened here, and it yeah. ties in with the gospel story that Jesus came so that people would be able to see what God's doing in the world, which isn't doesn't exactly match up with our expectations. Right. Uh that's the uh, Jesus did this wonderful thing, healed the blind. We'd say, well that, that's isn't that what the Bible said that this Messiah was going to do? Isn't that what the scripture said? <laughs> yeah. But this very disciples aren't clear. 
Pharisees aren't clear. The parents aren't clear. Right. And and it, it's difficult to see. And here we have in, in Samuel, uh, Samuel's, this is the last, you know, the last appearance. And he still doesn't quite get it. You mean you want this one, this little puny one over here? <laughs> Psalm, yeah. Psalm 23. I, I one time said every time Psalm 23 shows up, which it does frequently, I call mm. it the homiletical escape pod. <laughs> if you got text and you just can't think of anything to, to preach, if you can't preach for 10 or 15 minutes on the 23rd Psalm, you, you need to you take can, another profession. You, you can find something in here. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So today, um, tie is picked because it ties to King David and first Samuel, David out watching the sheep and David wrote about the shepherds. I, I think it ties for me to the theme for the day in terms of blindness and sight, because as it outlines, all of us walk through life and have times when we have plenty. Mm-hmm. Right. We have that's verses one through three, and we have times when we're in trouble. Yeah. And the question is, do we see God's hand? Yeah. There's one, you know, he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And then there are lots of people that lie down in green pastures and drink from still waters and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leading the right paths and live those lives. But they they say, well, I, they don't know that God has anything to do with. Right. And then you've got lots of people that walk through the darkest valley, the difficult times and, and they, Sit before their enemies and they survive. The question is, are they aware that it was God with them? Yeah. When they went through that time, do they know that God protected them from the enemies? I think that's, that to me just sort of left out about this psalm is the awareness that brings you right. to that last verse. You know, I've been looking at my life and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. He's looked at it. That, yeah. as I'll say, his life and realized the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I remember a piece where C.S. Lewis wrote about going through life thinking he was on his own and making his own decisions, but when he got to a certain point, he looked back and mm-hmm. he realized God had been with him all along. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the uh, pivotal verse 4 about uh, walking, and, and you get into a translation thing here, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, many of us are used to, yeah. even though I'm walking through the darkest valley, uh, <clears throat> the last few years I've often sort of drawn some comfort and some strength from that, that in the shadow of death, the valley yeah. of the shadow, there there is no shadow without a light, right? So yeah. I'm in the shadows, but God is there. When I read it here, the darkest valley, maybe it's so dark that you can't see anything. And yet the guiding presence of this shepherd, this rod and this staff that uh, is there, uh, even coming through, even if I take it as an impenetrable darkness to know that God is there, that's seeing something beyond uh, what you can see with your eyes. And I think you're right. You come through these experiences, and that's what makes verse six the payoff oh, here. Oh, modern, surely now modern, I see. Yeah, 
Modern psychology would talk about it in terms of depression, probably. I think traditional spirituality talks about the dark night of the soul. Right. Uh, there are places in which you are, it is so dark, you cannot feel or sense any hope or any yeah. presence. And this witnesses that God's there. Yeah. Even when you can't see or feel. Uh, just and magnificent about, uh, about what does it mean to be able to sense and know God's presence in the midst of life. And that's the great connection to the blind man in, in, yeah. uh, in, the, in the gospel. You know, it gets down to it. He says, look, and uh, y'all, y'all turn your, I'm going to use a bubba here. That's what Delmer and I call it when, uh, call it when we have to resort to uh, language. I mean, this guy says, look, I don't know. I couldn't see shit. And now yeah. I can see. Uh, yeah. here, here's a tie. If you've ever come through one of those times, whether it's depression or dark night, whatever you want to call it, and you come through and you go, man, I was, I was done for. I couldn't see. I couldn't feel. I couldn't move. Yeah. But I look back and I see how God was with me. That's powerful. And we're going to have people in our pews that are going to be, have been and, and are going to be in all kinds of places like that. And so to That's, open that up is a powerful thing. Yep. And to end out now with Ephesians 5, yeah. 8 through 14, um, I'm going to say that for me, Ephesians key verse is Ephesians 1, 18, where it talks about having the eyes of our heart enlightened. Mm-hmm. And the rest great, of Ephesians verse. is an exploration to me of what that means for uh, us what does it mean mm-hmm. to have the eyes of the heart enlightened and um, this is text was frequently used in Lent in many lectionaries over the last couple thousand years because of the Lent being a time when people are preparing mm-hmm. for baptism right now on Easter Sunday on Easter um, you know on the Easter vigil and taking their first Eucharist mm-hmm. on Easter morning mm-hmm. And so you've got the language about verse 8. Once you were in darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. The once you were previously, Mm -hmm. but now you are. And then you get down uh, to verse 14. Sleeper awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine of you. Probably an early church liturgical hymn. But Mm -hmm. it has that rising from death, sleeper in death. Awake, arise, and there's the death and resurrection symbolized by baptism. Death, the old Adam, and the new life. And in the midst of that, when you come forth into the light of Christ, the eyes of your heart are enlightened, and you can see what you couldn't previously see. Right. Uh, Spiritually, you were awakened, and you have eyes to see. Right. As the picture says, and we're... years to hear. And so it ties for me perfectly with this issue of why did Jesus come? That's what John is getting at here. What's Jesus doing here? And it basically, you you go back in the gospel there where he says, you know, this happened that God's work might be revealed in him. As long as I'm the world, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And you have this story where people can't see it. Mm -hmm. 
they see what he did, but they can't see he's the the light of the world. They can't see the Messiah president, only the one who was blind, who has now been able to see. And for John, that is both a real, you know, a true story, factual story. And it's a true story about all of us that we were blind. And Christ will allow us to see so that we will know who the son of man is and be able to say, I believe and worship him. What a great divine joke on all of us that only the blind man saw it that day. But uh, thank God somehow uh, we see it every once in a while. We we see the light and, you know, we're doing our best to follow it. A lot of good stuff here, Bubba, for uh, preachers to pick and choose from. I hope something strikes y'all. We hope something is going to work for you and your congregation. Best we know, we'll try to be back next week, Bubba, and uh, figure something else out. If, uh, if the snow melts and you're able to drive yeah. out of New York, get back down to Florida. <laughs> there you go. We'll if I get here. out of here and uh, hopefully you'll uh, find a moment of relief and uh, again, praying everything goes well uh, in y'all's family this week. But uh, not much left for us to do today other than to tell everybody bye. Everybody bye. Amazing. Lectionary Lab Live is a Two Bubbles and a Bible production. Our opening theme is Next Steps, performed by Half.Cool. Today we go out with Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. The original words to Amazing Grace are by John Newton. Additional words and music by Chris Tomlin and Keith Evans. The arrangement is by Keith Evans. The performance is by Noteworthy, the a cappella ensemble of Brigham Young University. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see.
change.